Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Last night, we learned how hard it is to be an NFL center when we saw Ezekiel Elliott try it. My sympathies to Garrett Bradbury. I'm sorry I ever criticized you. Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. You know, the Oscars isn't for another month, but Sam's loser punishment video could be a sleeper for best picture of the year. Hi, this is Arif Hassan with Pro Football Network. Last night, we learned how difficult it was to be a situational master. I, my apologies to Kevin O'Connell. Sorry for criticizing you. And I'm Luke Braun of Locked on Vikings, and I'm just glad the M&Ms have finally been brought to justice for their crimes. <laughs> that and plenty more controversy on today's Minnesota football party. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota football party. And it starts now. Welcome into the Minnesota Football Party presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Uh, on today's show with Luke Inman, Luke Braun, Arif Hassan, and yours truly, Sam Ekstrom, divisional round reaction. Could the Vikings have competed with that 49ers team we saw last night? And would Brian Flores be a good fit at defensive coordinator. Plus, I get embarrassed on, well, not national television necessarily, but like public on a public YouTube forum. It's going to be bad. It's going to be terrible. Um, you probably shouldn't watch. Definitely don't stick around to watch that video for <laughs> psychology. Now they're all going to stay. Uh, but before we get into all that good stuff, make sure to find us on Amazon Fire and Roku, Smart TV, Lockdown Sports Minnesota app, on YouTube, subscribe there for free. Locked on Sports Minnesota. Get all the videos or free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I would rate this divisional round weekend like a six out of ten. Couple compelling games, couple blowouts, one big upset, and not even a big upset. One, I'd say, yeah. mild upset. Yeah. Um, and I think we, I, I think I've seen better divisional round weekends. There's obviously a big talker with Patrick Mahomes. I'm giving it a six out of ten. I don't know. I liked it a lot. Um, I, I just I feel like when we remember great playoff weekends, we're usually remembering wild card rounds. That's usually much more exciting. And so the divisional for whatever reason, right? Um, so I, I feel like compared to divisional rounds of the past, it was above average. I don't know, seven and a half. Maybe eight. I don't know. I uh, I really enjoyed Patrick Mahomes' performance. I thought that that was a lot. I think that the Eagles blowout was fine um, in terms of entertainment because it was still just entertaining to watch. I thought the 49ers-Cowboys game was extremely compelling despite being one of those defensive slugfests everyone, everyone claims to hate. Yeah, I liked that game. Um, I thought the Chiefs game was very compelling because of the injury angle. I yeah. guess it didn't have the fourth quarter dramatics that maybe you hope for. Luke Braun, what's right. your ranking? Yeah. Uh, I gave the weekend a 38 out of seven. <laughs> I, 
Uh, come on, five years to the day. Yeah, that was, that was good. Happen. That was good. I like that. One, yeah, that, that was awesome. Okay, I didn't <laughs> know where like you were going with why that. I, that's part of why I I enjoyed the weekend. That that was fun because it, like it had to be that magical and that just made the game hilarious. Yeah, and it, it kind of like, took the sting out nice of watching the Giants another play. fan base gets to be tortured with that number. Yeah, like and the thing that bothered like, let's just off topic for a second. I know you hate it, Sam. The thing that bothered me about the thirty-eight-seven thing is how everyone assumed it bothered me more than it did. It was like this meta level of annoyance seeing. <laughs> Like thirty-eight-seven <laughs> tweets directed at me, and it's like, yeah, the Vikings played for. Like, I like, why are you? But when it, when when it was just those tweets, it was just like, please stop. I don't care. And so the tweets existing themselves bothered me more than the tweets reminding me of the score, because the score was just like, ah, this is bad memory, whatever. That sucks. Um, like the like Josh Allen leaping over Anthony Barr sucked because the Bills were eighteen-point underdogs. And that just like that really just like that, like that's a reminder of the game. It kind of snatches your heart. But 38-7 was just like, stop talking about it, man. <laughs> triggered. He's triggered. But by the triggers, right? It's like right. It's, it, yeah. the tweets more than the game or the tweets reminding me about the game. The tweets just reminded me of other tweets. So Philly let me fans want how mad we are. We're so mad, Philly fans. You did it. Yeah. Vikings exactly. fans have been cheering against the Saints for the last 14 years because of 09. That's I don't right. feel the same vitriol to the Eagles. Maybe it's because like Correct. there's not a Sean Payton. Yeah. There's not a Drew Brees. Like and Nick they don't Oles, deny the villain. Nick you Oles, have a Doug Peterson are like Eagles fans don't yeah. deny it. They they're like, mm -hmm. yeah, we're gonna get wasted. Yeah, on we're gonna be obnoxious. Yeah, we're gonna be annoying. If our like, coach is going to mean mug the camera when we score old woman into our building, we will throw fruit at her. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, that's who we are. That's unapologetically. They own uh, it. They own everyone it. Yeah. calls us a-holes and we treat that like a compliment, which is great. Um, also, it's just like the Eagles were just annoying. Like the Saints committed crimes. Like, <laughs> like that. That, Which ones? Like well, legally? You have to specify. Sorry, sorry. The Sorry, crime. I, I Saints mean that, committed I crimes mean that legally Bounty in that game. Is itself assault. There uh, are other mm. crimes that the Saints <laughs> front office has participated in, Literally, but that does yeah. not really enter into okay. Vikings fan vitriol. <laughs> but Eagles fans threw snowballs at Santa. Sorry, allegedly, allegedly participated. That's a crime. And allegedly, Santa had it coming. Holiday heroes. Yeah, have you seen Eagles fans like uh, justify throwing snowballs at Santa? They've got yeah, a very they're not like we didn't do that. that. They're like Santa deserved. Yeah, it. Santa had it coming. <laughs> Which I mean, it's a great sentence because, like, when you when you talk about it, you cannot divorce the character Santa from like a guy in a Santa suit that may have <laughs> actually had it coming. And so, like in, in your brain, you're just like, "That's Santa. What? That's in, that's insane. <laughs> Why are you doing? saying that?" But like the guy might have had it Billy coming, Bob it's impossible to believe. Outfit. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's just bad Santa. They yeah. should just lead with that. <laughs> Could the Vikings have beaten the 49ers the way they played last night? No. The way the 49ers played? No. No. Uh, unless the Vikings have the Cowboys defense. 
fairly confident the Vikings defense still would have made Brock Purdy and that offense look like the 2000 Rams. I just think that the Vikings defense, they got so exposed for who they are when they can't force those timely turnovers. They can't get guys into the backfield. Combine that though, with just how much more elevated the talent gets in the playoffs and the Vikings for as much as they overachieved, were just not in a place I think where they belonged with those other playoff teams, just like all the numbers like DVOA, EPA, all that stuff tried to tell us. And that's exactly why too, I think Vegas would have had the San Francisco Niners as a touchdown favorite minimum, if not eight, maybe more. I mean, is anything possible? Sure. But I would not have felt good about that matchup in San Francisco, outdoors, on the road, on grass. They're 2-11, and 11, their last 13 games in San Francisco. Vikings haven't gone in there and won since 2007. You know who the quarterback for the Niners was in that game, by the way? Um, Alex they Smith. had a pick six right off the right. Kevin off the Williams bat. pick six. Oh, Good memory. Was it Jack not Garcia? Alex Smith? I'll give you a clue. It was actually two quarterbacks that had to play that day. Oh boy. Oh man. One's a Super Bowl champ and one's a former Viking backup. So not Kerry Collins. Not Kerry Collins. Great guess though. Huh? Because Alex Smith was drafted in 2005. Initials. Benched. He was like give me initials. Why can't, why can't I think of the name? TD is- and. Sean Hill. Yeah, the guy, the Ravens Hill, guy in okay. 2000. Trent Dilfer and Sean Trent Hill. Dilfer. I don't hey. know if Dilfer got hurt or what. He might have thrown that pick six Dilfer, and maybe got hurt or something. The new coach at UAB football, by the way, Trent oh, Dilfer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So 2007, so they beat Trent Dilfer and Sean Hill that long ago. The last time they won before that, 1988. Vikings can only beat the 49ers. In the playoffs? Playing at home, apparently. Yeah, 1988. Wow. I feel like the Vikings have beaten Sean Hill a disproportionate number of times. I feel like they have. Yeah. But Sean Hill won for the Vikings. Did he play for the Lions? But he also won for the Lions. Yeah, he played for the yeah, Lions. You did. One and oh. By the way, too, the just Rams? fun fact I found out last night, Niners now have the most conference championship appearances in the NFL since 1980 with 16. A lot of people just assume it's the Patriots. Patriots won behind them with 15. That's pretty nuts. They've done it the last five times. That's insane. And often as a lower seed. Um, I mean, they've, and they did it with like Kaepernick, who mm-hmm. at the time was, you know, kind of a kind of a Brock Purdy situation. Like he mm-hmm. emerges and takes the job and boom, yeah, he was he was a second round pick. Come on. Sam. He, yeah. A rookie, though. Yeah. It's second a loo- it's a loose comparison to Reef. God, <laughs> you jump down everything with your knowledge and facts. Brock Purdy, Stop come it. on, man. Um, they do it with Garoppolo. They do it with Purdy who is going to be the week one starter for the Niners next year. I think really? it's stamped. I think it's stamped. At this I, think point. He, I think he's going to compete with Trey Lance. So I agree. agree. Yeah, I, I don't. And he's going to win that battle. And Jimmy probably, G going yeah, to the Jets. Win, but the, the reason they drafted Trey Lance was not because Jimmy was bad at what he was asked to do. is that they couldn't ask him to do very much, mm-hmm. which is also true of Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Remember, Last Jimmy night, also I thought they put the training wheels on Purdy. A little bit. They, Jimmy also appeared in the Super Bowl, and they were like, F that. We need a guy you can throw to every inch of grass. <laughs> Brock Purdy, I think, given he's a seventh-round rookie, is far ahead of the Jimmy Garoppolo curve. Sure. Yeah, whatever you say. Yes. Trey Lance, don't say- Trey Lance has more arm strength, arm talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speed. More speed, more athletic ability, right? Mm-hmm. More mobility. Yeah, he'd be a great safety. <laughs> he would be. Gophers How many games has he played since high school? Trey Lance. Trey Lance? 27? I feel like his year throws is like 300 since high school. Wow. He played like 19 games the in lowest college. for any quarterback in the NFL. That's yeah, because it? when he was in college, he also played yeah. for like a run first team too. So like mm-hmm. the few mm-hmm. games he started in college, 
you know, because he's like, you know, behind Carson Wentz and ahead of the grad assistant that went to South Carolina or whatever. Um, he, he like he threw like 19 times a game in the few games that he played. He's just like wild. So he's like 300 career attempts. <laughs> That's wild. Feel yeah, and the Vikings defense, how how it played against the Giants loses to any of those three guys and probably all but like two teams in the entire league. Agreed. The it, way that yeah. they, they couldn't. If you have any together, tackling issues whatsoever, you lose to that 49ers offense. Well, remember, the Vikings aren't bad at tackling. Yeah. Fifth best tackling team. It's just we don't the guys are so wide open. When you say fifth best tackling the, team, is that missed tackle percentage? Just missed tackle tackles? percentage. Just okay. missed tackles. Okay. Man, like, I, that's nugget. rough for me. That's, that like, is good. They, mm-hmm. they busted coverages. They lost matchups. Like Part of it was just like guys not being able to keep up with you know the great Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James. That, that uh, feels like Kyle Shanahan is feasting. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, and he doesn't even need to try because we can't do basic coverages. Like right. <laughs> it's not about you lose to the Seahawks. If you get the two seed and you play that way, you lose to the Lions. If they're the team, and I think there are maybe like four teams you can beat with a defense playing as poorly as they did in that in that game. It's, it's on, a, on a per drive basis. The offense was all right. They, they I think it's a higher scoring game. Yeah, I think I think the Vikings a, could have presented themselves yeah. better than the Cowboys offensively, but they probably uh, still lose. I don't know. I guess that 49ers on defense. A, I don't know. That 49ers on a per drive basis, the defense gave up. I think like a top ten performance of the entire season. Yeah, they gave up three point four four points per drive, which was uh, the second most the Giants had ever scored. Um, and, the only other one being the coachless Indianapolis Colts. So. And and an eighth best game of the whole of anyone the whole season, I think. That's it's that's just it's, it's nuts. The Giants disgusting. are not an offensive juggernaut. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I had obligations. I didn't see any Giants Eagles game. What? Uh, how bad was was Daniel Jones? Like, what was he just back into a pumpkin, like a moldy pumpkin? I mean, he wasn't good, but it wasn't like he wasn't like Davis Mills out there, right? Like, it it wasn't like he was playing awful football. Just, no, like, they just it? got behind early, and that Eagles defense just was suffocating. You know, you get exposed yeah. as far as just like, all right, got to turn into a little bit more one-dimensional, and that is not their game at all. Yeah. And then those cornerbacks and pass rush combination was just too good, too much for them. Yeah, yeah. It, like I, it's, I, I if I were to to pinpoint the reasons the Giants lost that game, Daniel Jones is on the list, but he's not one or two. I don't think. I think it's agreed. like talent uh, around him. I was a Daniel Jones hater coming into this year, mm-hmm. and he's he's kind of proved me and a lot of people yeah. wrong. Like Same. I'm not putting yeah, him in the Hall of Fame or a top ten quarterback, but there's certainly I, more I, in there. I don't think the Giants should extend him more than a year, though. Right? Like I think the Giants. Right. Yeah, like that's a slippery like slope, though, aren't they? Uh, probably, but that's just like how Jeez. quarterback things go. Forty chess. are taking away a. We're taking down. <laughs> yeah. So now all of a sudden you invest a long-term future and not only to Daniel Jones, but into a running back. Obviously he's one of the top three, top five running backs right now, but we know how quickly that can go downhill too. Once you get too much money locked in to an older aging running yeah, back. Ma- imagine so, being like tagged salary cap wise to both Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. That, right. that feels tough. Right. Imagine being the Cowboys on the verge of paying Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. Like, Imagine being you, Tony Pollard on the verge of hitting free agency, man. They broke his ankle. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's rough. That's brutal. Yeah. I feel that so sucks. bad for him, man. Yeah. 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 Um, the Cowboys, I think, of all the losing teams, I said this on the Ron Johnson show, 
I think the Cowboys should be panicking most about their future. Like Jaguars feel fine, played with house money. The Giants probably feel fine. They got a big win. They weren't supposed to. Yeah, the Bills back, are though. the Bills window will always be open with Josh Allen and they have the mm-hmm. right coach. The Cowboys, you're like, do they have the right coach? Is their quarterback really bad in the playoffs? Are they investing in the right positions? I'm not I'm not too worried good. about the the quarterback in the playoffs sort of thing. I mean, I guess Dak Prescott is 29. He's not like that young anymore, but um it, I think the coaching thing is huge. I think like the clock management. Brutal. Well, it's not just like it's not just that Mike McCarthy is bad at clock management, which he is. He's brutal at it. He's bad at it. Uh, is that he can't seem to teach his team to be any good at it when it's their prerogative to be good at clock management. They're like abysmal, right? Because like the because like last year the Cowboys lost to the 49ers on an insane scramble with like 10 mm-hmm. seconds left, and they had to spike the clock to set up the field goal, then they don't have time to spike the clock. And like again, an excellently called game from Tony Romo. Where he's like going through all of the seconds, second by second, what you can get away with and you can't is really instructive. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I wish we could get playoff Tony Roma during the regular season because man, has he fallen off? Like the, yeah, the, he, yeah, he called a pretty, pretty good game. And then uh, in that one against the 49ers last year, he called a pretty good game. Maybe it's just a Cowboys thing. I don't know. But um, yeah, cannot Greg, Ol- Greg Olson, by the way, oh, becoming a star. Hey, Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's it. He's him. He's the next have, guy. Have you have you seen like all these pieces about like how Greg Olson is going to be overtaken by Tom Brady and it just sucks for everybody involved because Greg Olson is yeah. killer? Mm. Like he's even yeah. talked about it. He's like, the only thing I can do is be the best I can possibly be at my job. And mm. it's like, yeah. And you're doing it, man. I this is weird. <laughs> I, I think I think <laughs> three man booth. I think three man booth is what you tried to do. You I think to, Olsen, right? there's there's no reason to demote Olsen. I like Daryl Johnston as the number two guy with Joe Davis a lot. I don't think he needs to be demoted either. I think you really try to force the three man booth. Obviously, like money's Davis, not though? an issue. What? You like Joe Davis though? I like no, Daryl like Johnston. Darryl, I like Daryl Johnston, his analyst. Joe Davis. Yeah, but do you like Joe Davis? Not Joe Davis. <laughs> Joe Joe Davis is he's young. Um, he's almost to me a caricature not a caricature he's like trying to sound too much like a broadcaster i don't sound i don't hear like a lot of authenticity yeah from him i don't know i just don't like him by the way real quick cowboys have been in the playoffs 12 times since 1995 they've never got past the division round 12 times crazy oh and seven in division games brutal including oh nine metronome baby 34 three that was the kid three three tugs three sydney Mm-hmm. Did Vikings fans tweet 34-3 at a bunch of Cowboys fans for like the next five years? Let's bring oh, it back. Man. Let's do the it. Cow- the Cowboys would just tweet back. Pearson. Cowboys are well, still... I think Romo's still mad about that. <laughs> Probably. He's think still ben mad about Lee, getting the ben score right a pick. Yeah, I guess the Vikings did throw it on fourth down, up 27-3 to for a touchdown. Uh, Dallas blitzed. Just Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Trying to take <laughs> off my quarterback's knees? Get out of here. If you don't Look, want it, it, stop it. Yeah, if you don't want to stop it, and what you're blitzing? Okay, well, yep. it seems like you're you prepared five. for it, man. Right. I don't know. Watch the history, Doc. Hey, <laughs> hey I, uh, well, you're looking up something, Luke. I'm going to tell people about FanDuel. We also, I want to ask a, a Brock Purdy, Kirk Cousins question, too. But uh, our great new partners at FanDuel, the NFL playoffs are here. We're pumped. 
to be partnering with FanDuel, the official betting partner of Locked On, the number one sportsbook in America. If you're new to FanDuel, that's great because they have so many features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, join today to get started with $150 in free bets. I'll even put this up so you can uh, see it. FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Uh, that's how you get those $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. All your favorite bets, money lines, point spreads, player props. Uh, and plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. The lines for this weekend, Eagles by two and a half, Chiefs by one and a half. That Mahomes uh, injury is going to fluctuate that line, so we'll keep an eye on it at FanDuel all week long. FanDuel.com slash locked on for your chance at $150 in free bets. Brock Purdy or Kirk Cousins? Who would you want as your quarterback next year if you had the choice? Well, hey, uh, do I get Brock Purdy on Brock Purdy's contract? Or, yeah, or, you get Brock Purdy, well, who he deal. is, and who Kirk oh. Cousins do is. Do I get Brock yep. Purdy with Kyle Shanahan and all the talent around him? No. If I can get Purdy on Purdy's contract, I would take him over Kirk Cousins on Kirk Cousins' contract. If contract is not an issue, 100% I'm taking Cousins, not even close. But the amount of excess value that Purdy is generating – uh, is obscene just like based on that contract and it allows them to do stuff like have an offense with like Depot Samuel Brandon Ayuk and Trent Williams and George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk like come on uh, it also allows them to have like the you know Jimmy Garoppolo as a backup quarterback like I, it, there's just a lot you mm -hmm. can do with that much money available to you yeah that's so. that's such a great point you know if it's just they black had and white, all those guys with when jimmy was making real money though too right, right? And, like, I, and i said and they get that. jimmy as a backup come on that was part of the i said that <laughs> as a backup. um yeah. a of the point. eight teams that played this weekend so daniel jones rookie deal jalen hurts rookie deal brock purdy rookie deal burrow still rookie deal but it, it's like six out of eight wasn't it Rookie deals Something like that, yeah, because obviously Patrick Mahomes isn't. Mahomes is not Lawrence. Lawrence is. There was three fifteen hundred yard or more yeah. rushers this year. None of them made the playoffs. Hmm. 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 Suspicious. It's weird. I right? mean, you you like that's an interesting point, but also the 49ers did trade a first round pick for Christian McCaffrey or whatever it was. Uh, you know, there are teams with running back investments that have made it this far. Lightning in a bottle. I mean, McCaffrey to stay healthy the year that he happens to be on the most functional offense that has the most weapons around him. Mm -hmm. That was the yeah. I, I don't think it's Trump proof card. that investing in a running back is good. I just think that we'd be remiss to not at least point that out. Yeah, no, I'm I'm saying I'm saying I don't that think McCaffrey's rushing perfectly. for fifteen hundred all purpose, maybe even two thousand, but rushing for fifteen hundred sure. only. He's more of that dual threat. Yeah, I mean, he was like he's like third in um in most people's like all pro balloting. I'm not I'm not like. And because of the all-purpose stuff, right? Because it's like Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, and then Derrick Henry. Else. Yeah. Someone put five bucks to win twenty-five grand on like the first touchdown scorer for every game. Oh yeah. And they got the great. first three correct, and then they needed McCaffrey in the late game, and I think he was the second touchdown scorer. Oh wait, you didn't see the guy who hit it? 
There was no. a guy who hit it and oh, really? had Dalton Schultz. Oh. Yeah, Dalton Schultz, and he like, had like his four or five buddies with him at his apartment, and they were down at the two, three yard line, and they're like, no way. Oh my God. Just the fact that we even are here and have a chance. Are you kidding me? And then the PA, I think it was a rollout, and then he finds Schultz wide open. They go nuts. He had like five bucks to win 78,000. He picked all tight ends. That's really funny. Yeah. And, and hit three, three or, or four. four. <laughs> yeah. It was a good week for tight ends. Yeah. yeah. It was a great week for tight ends. FanDuel, FanDuel.com. Great catch by uh, George Kittle as well. Oh, wild. Kittle's Some, the someone, man. People were trying to like come up with names for the catch, which is like really difficult, right? But someone came up with a whole nine yards because it took him nine yards from, from touch to catch, which I think is phenomenal. I like Again, that. tough to come up with names, but like that, that one's really good. Minnesota Vikings coordinators. Um, rumored to be interviewing Sean Desai, Ryan Nielsen, and the big one, Brian Flores. Flores pops off the page. I think he'd be great. Patriots organization, spend time with Tomlin. Even the Miami tenure, two of three winning seasons with not an awesome team. Um, I would love it. I just think it's a one-year deal. Like I don't think you're going to have Flores. You think he's going to be a head coach very soon again? He's already getting interviewed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's to win lawsuits. I maybe I'm too cynical. I maybe I'm way too cynical. I'm not I, I'm, I'm as not cynical gonna as deny that I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think he has a chance of actually getting a head coach job till that lawsuit's gone. Like that's and how long which, do you think that's gonna take? Yeah, which which might be like two years, and then you years, got your DC for two yeah. years and then you need oh. a new one. Yeah. So Brian Flores should be the guy then. Yeah, there you go. Problem solved. <laughs> Didn't Desai interview with the Vikes last year? Another Fangio yep. disciple spent like yep. six, seven, eight years with Chicago or something. Yeah. Stayed Decided in Chicago after the, Fangio uh, left to assistant Denver. Assistant head coach job in Seattle instead. Which... Got it. He could probably bring a fresh outlook, have some new creative ideas, staying true to those roots, I guess, of the Fangio scheme, if that's what KOC wants to do. I think at the end of the day, though, it really comes down to like, how much does KOC want to keep that same scheme and philosophy in place after he just lot. invested his first year into it? Or is he willing to just scrap the whole thing and just hire whoever he thinks is just the best defensive-minded teacher available out there on the market, which could be somebody like definitely Brian Flores, who obviously runs more of a Billichek scheme. And he had one of the worst defenses when he took over in Miami. And boom, all of a sudden, after one year, middle of the pack, kind of a la Zimmer too. He did the same thing. So I hope he doesn't put too much stock into, ah, oh, we already invested this one year into this Fangio thing. We can't scrap it now. We can't keep flip-flopping. I think you just got to go out there and get the best defensive coordinator out there, whoever that may be, and whatever scheme that may be too. Yeah, I think the thing that's appealing to me about Brian Flores is it's like less the um... – history of working with Belichick, I think that you just kind of have to evaluate the guy independent of that because when people have evaluated that element, they have gone catastrophically wrong. But um, Flores is probably the, of those guys, Flores is probably the most successful in the Belichick tree. I don't count Mike Vrabel because he never actually coached under Belichick. But um, out of all of those guys, he's probably the most successful out of all of them. And I think out of all of those guys, he's the only one that's shown any flexibility, which is crazy because that's like kind of the thing that Belichick does well on defense is like a remarkable adaptability and flexibility to the personnel that he has, the willingness to create or invent new schemes uh, in order to adapt to what he has to have like a half three, four, four, three, just because, Hey, we've got Vince Wilfork. We need to use him, but the rest of these are four, three guys, um, you know, just like just really excellent stuff uh, in terms of 
finding ways to make those players succeed. And a lot of these defenders, you know, when they succeed in New England and then, you know, sign a big deal elsewhere, um, they usually don't do very well. Like the, the Chandler Joneses are exceptions to that rule, right? Um, it's more like you get a bunch of like Brandon Merriweathers who just like can only succeed with the Patriots or whatever. Um, that sounds like knowing exactly how to use your guys. And if you can grab that element out of, and you know, most of these coaches that have been hired have not been able to do that. If you can grab that element out of, um, out of that philosophy. And it seems like Brian Flores has been able to do that. I think part of the reason that despite having an abysmal offense, the Steelers once again finished with a winning record is because the defense was like pretty good. They mm-hmm. found ways to kind of, without like TJ Watt for like half the season, like they mm-hmm. found ways to use what they had. Well, Brian Flores was heavily involved as far as I can understand in the defensive game planning. Um, it would it would be nice. I mean, we have some record of success of him turning around some places defensively. He does seem to favor a lot of man coverage, a lot of blitzing, which is a little bit different than than the scheme that we're coming out of. But um, if I, it seems more likely that he favors what works for his team, which is um, you know ideal. He'd be my first choice, with the caveat that you do everything you can to go address the cornerback room, right? Whether that's first round, you got to draft somebody, mm-hmm. you trade the farm for a Jalen Ramsey who wants out of L.A. Flores needs good corners, but when he's got them, like Belichick, that defense is usually pretty rock solid. Yeah. It's pretty easy to, with- to love Flores, too, because I just don't know at all how to judge a Sean Desai who's worked as quality control, safeties. He had one year as Do you a know how to judge Ryan a, Nielsen? Like I, on a terrible team. I don't know how to I got nothing on Ryan Nielsen. I, I, I tried <laughs> to ask. judge Ryan Nielsen. Yeah. I So I did uh, listen to Lockdown Vikings, everybody. I did, went deep on all three of these guys, uh, or as deep as I could, because Ryan Nielsen, there's not a lot I could find on him. Yeah, I did. I was like diving deep and doing research, and I'm like, there's nothing here, man. My my, I guess the the point of Ryan Nielsen, as I understand it, is that in New Orleans, when Dan Campbell left, he took over the like leadership role of Dan Campbell, and maybe that's what they're after. Uh, that's I guess yeah. the point. The kneecap biting. But, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, the, kneecap, the resident kneecap biter. kneecap biter. Yeah, for sure. So I guess um, that would be the point, but I right, I don't which know. which is which is all to say this is more about what the media has done in terms of taking a look at this person, and less about whether or not he's a good candidate. The fact that For Luke sure. and I have not found very much mm-hmm. about him does not say he's a bad or a good candidate, or that his resume is is too light to fully evaluate. It's just, hey, there have been a lot of like fawning media profiles in Gerard Mayo, so I know a lot about him. There have not been a lot on Ryan yeah. Nielsen, so I don't know much about him. Yeah. And with, with Desai, he does come from the same Fangio tree. In Seattle, at least, he ran a lot more of the three-match world, and the Vikings like so almost saying never he did that. ran is, is maybe... Because he was like a consultant. My understanding kind of. is that that was him. Okay. I, I, okay. I asked around a little bit. Um, my understanding is is that he had a lot of control over the like general structure. Okay, my and understanding that was that he sense. was playing the Mike Pettin role. That's interesting. Hmm. That is interesting. Um, <laughs> either way, I think he, if he became, if he got the full reins, I think that is what he would run. He would stay in the three match world. He would play a lot more press. It would kind of be like the way I put it on Locked On Vikings. Was, yeah. That, cause that's where he comes from. That's what the Seahawks want. Well, that's to, what like, the Seahawks do. I understand that's what the Seahawks do. But it's just like, what's interesting to me is, you know, because the, the Bears ran the, the cover four, cover six, cover two stuff, right? um yeah and when he was with the bears and so it, it, to me it's i think you know seattle does not have the horses to run 
cover four, cover six because of Jamal Adams, right? And so to me, and which obviously they lost Jamal Adams pretty early in the season, but they kept the scheme that they had installed in the offseason that assumed that he was there. Uh, they played, I think, Ryan Neal in that role pretty well anyway. But um, to me, I think it was a, a, another case of taking a look at kind of who your best playmakers are and finding the scheme that works for those playmakers. We like Quandre Diggs as a single high. We like Jamal Adams as a box guy. We know that we can rush with this particular type of pressure, which, I mean, the Seahawks do not have the greatest edge rushing talent in the world, but they found ways to get some pressure sometimes. Um, they did a great job developing those corners. Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen, phenomenal, phenomenal draft. Um, and it was, it was, it's really, you take a look at that team and it's like it's built to run match three, right? Um, you take a look at that Bears team that Sean Desai was at, and it was probably better suited, you know, for kind of a cover six type. So, so to me, I think it's he'll run what works, which is ideal, right? Like that's Do we have want. any idea what the Vikings will be built to run by like June? Because <laughs> I feel like it's going to well, be a higher defense coordinator and he'll help make some of these decisions, right? Well, I'm just curious your guys' opinion. When you do look at the Vikings' current defensive personnel, and yeah, maybe a vet or two are gone, but just as is sitting here today, what scheme do you think would help maximize? Uh, well, you, you have to, you have the to make a decision on on who you're keeping and then maximize, right? So, yeah. uh, I I would keep Harrison Smith. I would, despite his level of play, keep Eric Kendricks, uh, and then build around what Daniil Hunter and Dalvin Tomlinson can do. Mm-hmm. You don't know how long Zadarius Smith is going to be here. Obviously, I'd like to have him around, and that creates a unique problem because Zadarius Smith is better as an outside linebacker. Uh, who can move around, plays a spinner role. And Daniel Hunter is better as a 4-3 edge right. rusher. Not that I thought he was bad as a 3-4 outside linebacker. Greatly exaggerated. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that what you do, actually, back to Seattle, goes back to what Seattle did back in the Legion of Boom days, where they had a 4-3 edge rusher doing 4-3 edge rush stuff, and they had a 3-4 outside linebacker doing 3-4 outside linebacker stuff, and it worked. They did a bunch of great stuff with like their bare fronts. They did a bunch of... And they had... like you know uh these like nose tackles playing three technique like it was stuff that worked like when you've got a defense that can play red bryant at four three defensive end and it's working (laughs) like all right let's go so i think that you can you can create fronts that that will work with that but you need a, a wicked smart defensive coordinator to get all of that working because there's no there's not a long history of of finding ways to make that that work well. And again, back to the Belichick, you know, half three, four, half four, three with Vince Wilforth, you could draw upon that history too. But I think those are kind of the guys that you build around. I want Kendricks to be kept clean. I want Kendricks to have mm-hmm. a free run um, and, uh, and, and to play, you know, as if he's not going to have to have a guard in his face all the time. So build a scheme that allows him to do that. I want Harrison Smith to blitz a lot, build a scheme that allows him to do that. And so I think probably some version, uh, I think actually back to Luke's point, some version of maybe, yeah, a match three system, right? That that allows you to have that versatile front up front, that allows you to have Harrison Smith in the box, that allows you to have Eric Kendricks play probably a little bit um, cleaner given what front that you're operating with and who you have up there. Um, 
that's probably the system you build, but you do want it to be flexible in, in the same way that, that Zimmer was flexible. I mean, I know he's known for being stubborn, but like mm-hmm. that defense switch from like a cover three to a, a cover four to a cover six to a cover two, like it, mm-hmm. it did a lot of different stuff over the years. Mm-hmm. But just the core principles, though, you think maybe match three system. And yeah, yes, yeah. Knowing that seven, eight, nine guys out there, does anybody just click with that? That match three system? That's yeah, I mean, why the Vikings I, I had my eye on Desai for okay. that reason for a long okay. time. With the Seattle background. Okay, that makes sense. With, yeah, with the, with kind of a lot of what they did in mm-hmm. Chicago with Fangio and stuff. And then I guess that's sort of the compromise you make when you go to Seattle and you're a Fangio guy and Pete Carroll wants still there. Three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but on on the other hand, with Brian Flores, who's going to live in cover one and cover zero and send the house all probably the time, or at least that's what he would want to. Yeah, it probably. You know, yeah, good chance. We'll give him Harrison Smith. All right, yeah, I can get on board with that. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah, yeah. You'll, no you'll doubt. figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you My, will want blitzing linebackers in that situation. And, you know, Eric sure. Hendricks is like fine at it. Brian Asamoa, baby. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I'd, point him at a gap and let him go. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's probably the best use of Brian Esmo at this point in his yeah. career. But you can make yeah. sure he knows which game. Like that's critical. Like make sure point him in a general right. direction, direction right. and pull yeah. the nitro handle. <laughs> Meet at the yeah, quarterback. Do that. There's three different gaps he could appear, and you never know. <laughs> My punishment you know video does is the around center. the this corner. Um, before we continue, my punishment video plus a four minute drill. Before we get to that. Uh, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, hit subscribe right now, by the way, if you like the show so far. Leave a comment. Who do you want as the Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator for next year? Four-minute drill, then my punishment video. Um, Four-minute drill topic today, one minute on the clock. Tell me how you're going to fix the Vikings offensive line. Be as specific or as vague as you want to. I know it's early in the offseason. It's the four-minute drill. Start the clock. It's time to execute the four-minute drill. One minute on the clock. Let's start with Luke Braun. Give me a minute. Your quick solve for the Vikings offensive line. Go. So it's weird. I, I don't know how much on the line you can change. I mean, you're obviously not going to change Christian Darisaw. I think it may be a reasonable idea to get some kind of bridge guy at tackle, just in case Brian O'Neill isn't ready for the start of the 2023 season. That's a real possibility, even with a partially torn Achilles. Um, on the interior, with somebody like Ed Ingram, who did struggle as a rookie, he gets year two. He played well enough to earn year two, and I don't think have to compete for that job. Ezra Cleveland has had some awesome games and some absolutely dismal games, but he's taken a step forward slightly every year, and I'm also comfortable to keep that going. And then it's just the center position where I don't think you have a single guy under contract right now. So uh, get one of those. I don't know who any of the names are. I haven't looked at all at the draft. There's a gopher center, right? That's mm-hmm. like about the extent. Oh, he's Schmitz. good. John Michael Schmitz. He's legit. He's yeah. Good. Get, get, draft him. Mm-hmm. Then and uh, prosper. It's probably like a round two. That would have to be so. that. That yeah. have to be first round. Yeah, you think, you think but, he's going first round? Well, no, with no second. But, but though, the you Vikings, can't risk the Vikings. Would I have mean, to. if you don't resign, oh, you right trade down. Trade down. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to trade wow. down. Yeah, yep. you can Luke, never change the picks that, that you have. <laughs> That's uh, it's <laughs> really rigid and inflexible. If, the, if, the if there's one thing I've learned from mock draft simulators that are free, you can't trade. 
I saw a mock draft of of somebody. It was a Bears fan who said that the Vikings would trade uh, Justin Jefferson and three firsts to get one overall. I saw that. Oh, come on. <laughs> Welcome to mock Who's that guy throwing to? Yeah. Who's one overall throwing to? Yeah. <laughs> At the hot sizzling take. The Bears don't care. Yeah, okay, a Bears yeah, fan. fair. Just, I, I haven't just traded with the first... Bears yet. They got to just... give a receiver to everybody in the division. Yes, they, they do have yeah. to give a receiver to everybody in the you division. You take that first yeah. overall, you trade it back about six times, and you're Jalen Rager, you and then you, are a then you trade for JJ back with all those picks. That's how you do it's that. All yeah. coming these, up like these four minute drills go off the rails without that little. Yeah, timer. yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually kind of like the way they approached it philosophically last year. I like having a young line, you got all first and second round picks. And I like the value vets as your depth. And I don't know if the names like were perfect. I don't know if Jesse Davis was great and that <laughs> bore out by not, you know, being good or hanging around. Oh, but, they got their money's worth. They traded them. They got a pick out of it. Yeah. Sign a guy. Still get have a pick? That pick? It's a it's a future pick, right? It's like 2024. Sure. Um, Sign a guy, get a pick. That's a win. So hey, good process. Davis conditional 2025 seventh rounder. Let's go. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Let's That's play. Literally <laughs> the lowest you can trade. <laughs> literally less. That's amazing. <laughs> that was him getting cut, but the contract because they signed a weird contract with him, so they couldn't cut him without and and actually save money. He actually would have like it weirdly would have cost. Yeah, it was more. just a salary. So they oh, had to. There was guaranteed salary contract. Got yeah, it. salary. Yeah, there was guaranteed salary, sure. and so the only that. way to do that was to trade him. So they were just getting rid of the contract, and it was like whatever. Give right, us so, whatever so, you can. Uh, Kevin Colbert was doing the Vikings a favor. Kinda. Dude. I would love to know the conditions of that seventh round pick. Well, yeah. it kind of doesn't if, matter, right? Because like, if well, Jesse I mean, Davis, because you'd get a seventh, but like it doesn't matter because either way, it's off the Vikings' books. If he doesn't meet the conditions for the, he's still traded, right? So, oh yeah, yeah. the trade doesn't void, but then we don't get yeah. the seventh. Right. I still yeah. want my oh, seventh no. reef. If yeah. Jesse Davis yeah. gets to the, the facility in one piece, right. he yeah. we we give you the pick. I wonder if it's like yeah, like plays four Not games or something like that. Guys, <laughs> hey, Sam, what's your what's your plan? Uh I yeah, I don't know. That went off the rails again. <laughs> um, yeah. Got that little I, timer. I like oh. the value vets. <laughs> I I don't think you overdo it at center. Like I I don't think you invest a first round pick as much as I would love John Michael Schmitz. Um, I think that you find someone for value, someone for cheap. I don't think you break the bank. You can't. You can't afford it. But I like having those kind of plucky, versatile, like 30-year-olds as your depth pieces. You still have Chris Reed around. Don't want him at center. But um, I don't think it's going to be a very active offseason on the offensive line, to be honest with you. I think you have to count on Ingram taking steps, Cleveland staying steady, and your tackles being awesome. And then you just kind of cross your fingers at center a little bit. But try to find someone with experience. You almost have to roll with that Ingram and hope he continues to develop because as much as he struggled, inconsistent, teams just don't have the luxury to keep throwing second-round picks at the interior line every year. It's not realistic. Ezra Cleveland, clearly the third-best offensive lineman. Hard to significantly upgrade there. And then at center, it's tricky because first off, Bradbury, as we know, free agent. And so if you think you need to move on and find a legitimate upgrade, where are you looking? Free agency? Because unless someone gets cut or traded, the centers in free agency right now are not good. Not one of them, could you say, would be a definitive upgrade from Bradbury the way he played last year. So I guess you'll have to upgrade in the draft then. And like we talked about, that's a gamble no matter who you get. 
So everyone wants to just magically upgrade the offensive line, but there's virtually no sure things out there unless you're trading for like Quentin Nelson, right? That's why, honestly, I think at the end of the day, they'll end up bringing Bradbury back, bank on him and Ingram improving with another year in the system, just knowing how few options realistically out there, especially in free <laughs> all your draft capital that you're already short on. Wow. And you need for the defense. Well, dude, look at it. Rodney Hudson and Jason Kelsey, both over 35. power through that. Connor McGovern, yeah, he had a worse PFF grade than Bradbury did. Those are the top three free agents. Yeah. Just, so what are you doing? So, so now you're drafting John Michael Schmitz, okay? But you got no When second. I said, wow, Luke reacted as if I was responding to what he was saying as opposed no, to no. Sam's egregious use of the timer for the first time in this entire segment. All right, play the video. Let's go. <laughs> I got to go. I got to get out of here. I'll be in my trailer. Harith, do you have anything to add? No, uh, yeah, no, there, there's some names in free agency. I mean, the Lions were forced to play a backup center when Frank Ragnar went down. Evan Brown, he played well. He's hitting free agency. I would like to bring him in to compete with the second, third, or fourth round pick, right? I do like Dalton Risner. He is both a guard and a center prospect. Um, he uh, is about to hit free agency. He's not the world's best guard. He's not the world's best center. I would love for him to compete with uh, with uh, Ed Ingram. I don't think that you just give Ed Ingram a second year. I think that the way he's played demands some level of competition. You need to acknowledge, of course, that a first-year offensive lineman is not necessarily going to play well, and it doesn't reflect on how well they're going to play in their second, third, or fourth season. So I'm not going to write off Ed Ingram as a player, but I do think that he cannot be handed the job. So I think having him with Dalton Reisner would be there. Ethan Posick's about to hit free agency. He's obviously just coming off of his best season ever, so he's probably going to be a little bit overvalued as a center but he's somebody worth investing in, right? I, I think that uh, he played well for the Browns in a somewhat similar system, certainly a similar system enough at center, maybe not at tackle, but at center, that you can translate that pretty quickly. Uh, Isaac Sayamalu had a phenomenal game just now for the Eagles. He's 30. Um, but, you know, the Eagles also run some similar stuff to the Vikings. <laughs> Why not get Isaac? No, absolutely not, Sam. I actually provided specifics here. So, no, we're not doing no, this. Th those I are all good examples. I just don't think any of them are clear-cut definitive upgrades. Like, you're bringing I think, in competition okay, first of all, for sure. All of that. them are absolute upgrades over Bradbury and Ed Ingram. The question to me is whether or not Ed Ingram is going to be able to improve, and we just have no answer to that. And I would love for these players to be able to compete with Ingram for that. To me, I think you're mm -hmm. more likely than not to uh, to enter the season with an upgrade because this is Cousins' last year under the contract. I don't know what the window is going to look like in two, three years. I want to bring these guys in. Luke Braun wrote a piece of zone coverage that frees up, what, $20 million in cap space? Is that right? It's up to $27 million. Um, it, But you ended up cutting Dalvin Cook, and I think that was $7 million of it or something like that. Uh, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, which is you get rid of Ken. Yeah, there's like a million ways you can do it. Yeah, there's like yeah, and so I'm I'm gonna assume twenty million, not because I think Dalvin is gonna remain on that contract, but because there's like stuff here or there where you could disagree with. But there's gonna be space in free agency to be able to sign somebody like an Evan Brown or an Ethan Posick, maybe an Isaac Sayamalu, because these guards, pretty decent guards, go for about five and a half, six, maybe seven million a year, probably not seven. Um, it's not that difficult to sign an upgrade at guard. And it would, it would be really tough for you to convince me that like Ethan Posick, Dalton Risner, Evan Brown, Isaac Sayamalu, all of those are downgrades compared to the center and guard position. The Vikings field. Those are clear cut upgrades to me. That, that, good, that's good information here. Reef egregious clock management, like McCarthy McCarthy esque clock. management. Oh yeah. Dude, how, how many times drill. did you run the buzzer on Luke Braun? 
Braun? None, because he didn't take a minute. Yeah, because we went off the rails. I'm the only one who stayed on task. No, I was done. <laughs> you know what? When you have when, when I said draft the gopher kid, that was it. A minute on the good. clock. You can't just say I'm going to be methodical in up. my drive. Look, I'm I execute my Mike, offense. The reason McCarthy is bad at this is because everybody gets to see the clock. I don't see a clock anywhere. How <laughs> am I right. expected to manage it without the a buzzer? Clock? Was the clock? Luke, no, Luke no, no, has to, to go. Clock. We got to fit Absolutely this in. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I need to this play is. Clock. This is what's happening. So earlier this season, we had a wager. The loser of our picks had to do a snow punt, pass, and kick combine thing, and I was the loser. So I was videotaped and humiliated and ridiculed on video. All Luke your idea, by the way. Edited, yeah. edited it together, and he's the only one who's seen it. We are going to play the it's video so now. It is long. It is 14 minutes. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And because you guys gave me three hours of footage to go through, I oh chopped it down as best I could to 15 minutes. I mean, good God, I'll be in my If trailer. you are listening to the show, please go subscribe Diva on edited. YouTube so you can enjoy it fully. I now announce, well, first of all, this is the end of me as like a credible entity on the internet. So it's a, my, my career is over. You haven't um, seen it yet. I, I literally went through worse. I, <laughs> <laughs> I present to you my video loser's punishment video. Planting concrete. Okay. <laughs> and here we go. The end of me. Please hang up and try again. Oh, this is. All right. Next word. <laughs> I'm Sam Ekstrom, Locked On Sports Minnesota, and I am a loser, and I am a loser, and I am a loser. So my punishment is I have to do a snow combine. We got the two loots. We got a reef here. And because it's Wild Card Sunday, I'm going straight, short sleeves. (laughs) Bud Grant. Midriff. He's got a build. Got a little midriff showing. It's all good. Little water boy here. Look at that. This is the real jersey that he wore on set. I'm and, sure it uh, is. How about <laughs> a little throwback? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know what? When you're in the conditions, I got I, I gotta have the right footwear. I gotta have some six stud cleats for the snow. <laughs> Count of one, two, three, four, five, six for traction. Nikes, uh, you know, size 12s. They're, they're versatile. They're all terrain. What sport are they for? Baseball. Mm. But we are on a baseball diamond. I don't know if anyone can see. So really, this makes all the sense in the world that I would wear. Oh, these have been in my garage for years. <laughs> There's a lot of sawdust in there. I, I think uh, some rodents have been chewing away at the shelf that they sit on, so that's fun. I'm going to put my foot in that. That's really disgusting. Oh, yeah. Fits just like it did back in high school. What am I doing here? Let's talk to the combine commissioner. All right. Villain intro. Well, first of all, I'm just happy that we're able to run an event like this, really important. And, you know, obviously the the, the key part of a football athlete is not how fast they run, not how high they jump. We'll be testing that. 
not how agile they are. We'll be testing that. But how much heart, grit, football knowledge, and character they bring to the game. And that last one, I think he has. I'll tell you what. Short University, six foot, one fifty. <laughs> no doubt. Let's do it. Not bad. Seven forty nine. No. Not bad. <laughs> so after one run, whenever I step into the snow, that this top level of ice kind of cuts into my ankle. I think that's why the time might be so long. Yeah, you can't hack it. Got it. Stamina kicking in. Nice. Lung capacity, next gen stats. Where are we at? I think I hit a top speed of about 12 miles an hour. Yeah. I'm part of the 12 mile an hour club. I think, considering the completely unfair conditions. <laughs> unfair to who? The uh, unfair to the loser? Uh, the loser. Okay. All right. Uh, are you still going to give us a ride to the stadium? That depends. <laughs> Sam the Sledgehammer Extra. So we, we very scientifically marked out five yards. It's 15 feet. So you start there. Uh, when you go, you go out to that second cone. You come back to that first cone, right? And then you go out, you curl around the second cone, go around the third cone, and then you're going to have to go back across the track and slalom across to the outside of that second cone again back to the start. Right. You will only ever turn on the outside corner of that second cone. Remember, your hands want to touch. <laughs> and then you just have to run through your it. Your hands touch the ground or where the, where the bottom of that cone would be. I've on the second one and uh, back on the first one, you way. come back okay. that first time. That's you don't have to do any more after you come back, right? And then Still you go going. out and around, then you just run through. All right, yeah, because wrong, Sam kept on asking Three, for two, editing that one, out. run. What are you doing there, man? See, he's not That's the Frankenberry clip. 3 Xbox 460. Come on, man. Take a look at what's going on here. We're actually breaking the space-time continuum, man. <laughs> the jump might have cost you a tenth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, also, that might not have been fully legal because you do have to get your hand down to where that, yeah, that cone is. Things might have started out a little rocky. Every sound effect I've ever heard in a power <laughs> I tried to use every one. Good. I think we're going to go back to an explosion drill after this. Are you familiar with the broad jump? Yeah. Yeah, you've got a history of broad jump performance. How good were you 
in middle school. That's pretty good. Yeah. I was like one of the three people that did it. So you were in the top three of your yeah. school. Yeah. And how many people were in the school? A couple hundred. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Would you sure, say sure, sure. that you have a legacy to defend? Do I have plaques of my face in the school hallways? Do you mean? Do you? Is my name adorned on a banner above the the gym floor? And you were homeschooled? No. <laughs> so the answer to that is no. But also the answer to the other rhetorical questions was also no. Okay, fair enough. I don't All have right. any any legacies. Now Deion Sanders at this point in his combine, he left. He just bolted. He ran his 40 and he left. Are you getting to that point just mentally now, knowing you've probably locked up a top five pick? Well, I am a little worried because this ankle injury, the teams could see this. Man, that is really bleeding, guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, the, wow. The teams could see this and uh, and they could think I'm an injury risk. You know, this is already an injury red flag. So I think at this point, I have, to prove, you can tough it I have to yeah. prove that I can play through injury. So we, we press on. It shows Love grit. It shows yeah. toughness. Yeah. It shows, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, like that. I probably am looking at uh, the first round pick at this point. At worst, um, maybe not even a UDFA. No. What? What? However. <laughs> oh, it's like when Matt Stafford works his way back onto the field. <laughs> yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. His best move was to evade the trainer. If you could only have one guy, just one guy, that you put in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I don't know why that would be. Maybe because there's a small Hall of Fame and there's a fire inspector that says you can only have one guy that can go in that Hall of Fame. That guy, I mean, that guy's going to be... Save extra.
Catch the advice I gave Ron. I don't think that was on camera, no. Playing through an injury, oh. two successive years, putting up incredible numbers, tremendous motor, can beat you a variety of ways. I think this is a guy to me, Todd, deserves to be a top 10 pick. Well, there you have it. <laughs> go. Come on, let's go, Viking fans. Hey, With the 22nd pick in the 2020 draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Sam Ekstrom, athlete, Dork University. <laughs> the big game, Georgia, Oklahoma, late in the year. Ooh, coaching Jim. up those receivers. He eliminated those drops. Rick! I love it. If you like this video, smash subscribe. My ankles were sacrificed. Do it for Sam's so, ankles. So you would subscribe to this channel. Yeah, Do hit it. the subscribe button as hard as the ice hit Sam's ankle. <laughs> but you're lying. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that's great. Oh, you get back the opposite hit. Good for him. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> what, what are you doing there, man? That's Frankenberry 3 Xbox 460. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Incredible. That's the wrong direction. Right. <laughs> 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 Sam, you did precisely one of the instructions that was asked of you and did one of them the opposite and lost your helmet in the process. I think we have to do that again. Yeah, well <laughs> <laughs> That's Luke. I'm, oh, Luke. The amount of you time you put into that. Oh, my, I'm actually Incredible flattered. Not, that was my, glorious. My family hates you. Edit. And you the, did that the, for free? Thank you, man. That's um, incredible. Unbelievable. That was I, I so will good. say, of those three hours of footage I had to sift through, half the footage, minimum, was a reef explaining to Sam how to run the three cone. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and I have some lost Sam, footage back there. 
<laughs> Sam didn't run the three cone correctly. He didn't get it. No, yeah. he didn't do it. That was Gosh. half our day out there at the and, park. And he, and he kept on asking what I like. He wanted me to repeat it. Like, like this is not. I didn't just go on for an hour on how to run one drill. I no, was like, no. The, and and if that was first, literally it's three if the cones. three cone was first, the linebacker drill was second. And it wasn't far behind because that one he struggled with too. I got some great clips. Maybe I'll tweet them out later. Right. Also, the yeah. wind, the wind ruined and tarnished yeah. a lot of significant yeah. amount of the audio in there. And then the other thing, I was so close to putting a counter up there. How many times Sam mentioned the ankle? It, at least double digits, at least. Yeah. Well, ha- <laughs> I have to let the audience know what he's playing through. Oh, yeah, yeah, Sam, uh, when, uh, when, when Luke, uh, was coming back after getting burned a second time as a cornerback. I walked up to Luke and I was like, Hey man, you don't, this is full contact. You don't got to worry about any of it. Just push him over. No flex. It's fine. No flex. Yeah, it's, you could just push yep. him over. And, uh, and, and he I did with my punch. I tried. Well, and then I, I was trying to that jam was me you. trying to do that. Effort as a corner, but I tried to jam you. And then you ran like a gimmick play. And yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You did try to jam. Yeah, it was oh, a jet play. sweep reverse. Yeah. Well, it, it, it was, was it was the back. it was the third and one that would be run later that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was literally That's the true. exact play. Do you think O'Connor it worked was a lot better us? though? Yeah, it was he like, must hmm, have been butterfly effect. It, it worked right. Sam got burned. He was that get called? Than the Vikings did. Yeah. I was way out of position. That was really really fun. We'll we'll post that on its own and like title it Minnesota Vikings podcaster fails trying to run 40 or something we'll, we'll clickbait it now, now here's um, the thing no yeah. way i'm doing that for another year but we do need to come up with a loser punishment for our playoff picks now as well so oh, let's start brainstorming. you won your parlay you're the only one to win so you're you're the leader at this point still two weeks to go i'll say it's unfair to have a loser punishment because sam did not participate in the first week of the playoffs that was a warm-up. Brainstorm about that. For, for Luke, Luke, Arif, I'm Sam. I'm the loser. That was a lot of fun, Luke Inman. Thank you. Um, subscribe, Locked On Sports Minnesota, on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So long.